Hello, brothers and sisters. I'm glad to be with you once again to declare the words of God, to simply read the Bible and by the anointing, by the gift of the Holy Spirit, teach the word and, and to bring out the ingredients. You know what I mean? To put spice upon the word. That's my job, to, to, to put seasoning upon the word, to spice it up, to simply take what God has already told us and to spice it up to cause your intellect and your understanding to be fruitful. And I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that I love you. I love doing this. And I appreciate you listening to me because it's a privilege that you listen to me. This week, we're going to talk about soul ties and covenants. Father, Lord, cause me to express your heart, Lord, with precision, with accuracy. Lord Jesus, with demonstration, Lord Jesus, in the in words, Lord, indeed, Lord Jesus, to bring out the light that you have given to us. Cause me to express your love and your personality, Lord Jesus, your precepts, Lord Jesus, and your kindness, Lord Jesus. Make me an expression of you, Lord Jesus, with words, Lord, even over this broadcast. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I ask. Amen. Well, let's go to Deuteronomy, the 27th chapter. Now, the word covenant, I'm going to start today by talking about a covenant. The word covenant means agreement. You know, even in, in uh, the first part of Genesis, God created um, Adam in the spirit realm first. See, things are spiritual before they become natural. Jesus was slain before the foundation of the world before he was slain in the natural. Now, I know a lot of people hadn't read the whole Bible or whatever, but it is a scripture that says the Lamb of God, who is Jesus, that he was slain before the foundation of the world. So whatever happens in the natural, it must first be in the spirit realm or in a consciousness that's not visible. Things start off in a consciousness that's not visible first. It starts off as a thought. Or as hope. So it is written, faith is the substance of things thought about or the things hoped for. Now you notice under a teaching anointing, you notice how I subtly change the word of hope to thought. Because your thoughts are your hope. And if your hope is bad thoughts, that's going to create a negative in your life. But if your hope is good thoughts, is going to create a positive. So faith is the substance of things hoped for. So your faith can actually work in the affirmative or in the negative. And what I mean by that, in another place, it says that the power over death and life is in the tongue. So it's different levels of revelation of faith. Faith starts off as a thought. Then it begins to express itself through word. And as you begin to think on things and express it through word, it eventually comes to pass. How many understand that? So faith is the substance of things hoped for, the things thought of, the evidence of things not seen. Now, in the spirit realm, the lamb was slain before the foundation of the world. Now, God knew that men was going to miss it. So he had a plan for that even before we were created. Now, God made the first agreement with Adam. The agreement was that Adam had dominion over the things that God created. 
And so when God made things, he brought the things to Adam to see what he would call it. And whatever Adam called it, that's the personality that the thing took. But the spirit of God working through Adam revealed to him what personality the thing had. So him working by the spirit of God, because he was a literal son of God, he didn't have to get born again. He was created by God. So he was a literal son of God. So he had the spirit of God in him and he was a spirit before he was created in the natural. So God brought the thing to Adam to see what he would call it. And whatever Adam called it, that's what it became. Now, the agreement or the covenant that God had with Adam, it was that he could eat of any tree. But the day that he eat, ate of that tree that was forbidden, he died that day. Now, a day with God is a thousand years. Adam did not make it to a thousand years before he died of physical death. But God told him the covenant in the spirit first. You remember, you remember when Abraham was in a deep sleep and God made a covenant with him in his sleep in the spirit realm? Go back and read it. See, see what is spiritual is first, then the natural. And then Adam and then Abraham, see in the natural, he went and got the he went and got the doves and the and the, uh, and the animals, and he sacrificed the animals. See what I'm saying? And then God appeared to him when he went into a sleep and, and walked, walked between the animals and made a covenant with it. So covenant always come with a blood. If you violate the covenant, it's normally a, a, a thing dealing with blood. Even in natural covenants, as you might make with uh, the Masonic Lodge or your sororities or whatever, they have different blood oaths that if you give away their secrets, you can be killed. How many understand that or how many of you are in those? You must renounce those oaths because the word of God teaches that your agreements or your covenants supposed to only be with God. Satan don't have a right to put you under a covenant of death. Now, when God gives a covenant, see the wages of sin is what? Death. So when God gives a covenant agreement, you have to agree with it. So in Deuteronomy 27 chapter, and at the 12th verse, well, let's go to 11th verse. It says, and Moses charged the, the, the people the same day saying, these shall stand upon Mount Ger Gerizim to bless the people. So they're on a the mountain. They're going to be on the mountain to bless the people when you come, when you are come over Jordan. So it's going to be uh, six tribes. Simeon and Levi and Judah and Issachar and Joseph and Benjamin. And then it says, and these shall stand upon Mount Ebal. That's another mountain to curse. And it's going to be Reuben, Gad, Asher, and Zebulun, Dan, and Nephtali. And a Levite shall speak and say unto all the men of Israel with a loud voice. Now I'm not going to read the curses. We're in Deuteronomy the 27th chapter. But he go on to read the curses, right? If you do certain things, you're going to be cursed. But I want you to notice this. This is what I want you to notice. This is why I read this. At Deuteronomy, the 27th chapter, and at the 26th verse, the last verse in the 27th chapter of Deuteronomy, it said, Cursed be he that confirm it, not all the words of this law to do them, and all the people shall say amen. Now, some people say, well, you know, I'm not going to agree with the blessing or all the curses. Well, God fixed it where you're going to agree with it 
whether you want to or not. You're going to agree with the blessings and you're going to agree with the curses whether you want them, want them want to or not. Now, why is I'm saying this? An agreement means you have to keep your part of the agreement in order to receive the blessing. And I'm going to talk about that later, but I'm going to give you a snippet of it now. Your agreement is to walk in love. Every step out of love is a step in the wrong direction. Now, let me tell you the good news. The good news is if you step out of love, you simply have to repent because you have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. God has made it that we cannot fail. He has rigged it in our favor, but you have to accept it. See, that's the thing. People, people want to agree with it, but they don't want to keep their part of the agreement. God is a covenant-keeping God. A covenant is very powerful. And see, now then when you get to the 28th chapter of Deuteronomy, God pronounced all the blessings. See, 27 and 28 chapters of Deuteronomy, they go together. But see, they had to put it in chapters so men could separate it and be able to know where to go to find it. But then after he released the curses, he started releasing the blessings. And then in the 28th chapter of Deuteronomy, he started telling you what's going to happen if you don't stay under your part of the agreement. See, when you don't walk in love, see, under it was the old covenant. Under the new covenant, we have a love covenant. You don't have to keep the Sabbath day and all that kind of stuff. But what you do have to do, you have to walk in love. That's why the devil always attack you all and me in the, areas of, in the realms of forgiveness, strife, and so forth and so on. People saying stuff about you, doing stuff to you, because he know he can't do anything to you unless he can first get you in the strife and get you out of the realms of love. And so that's what a covenant is. God got an agreement to do certain things, and you have an agreement to do certain things. Be blessed. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Hello, brothers and sisters. I'm glad to be with you on this Tuesday morning. We're talking about soul ties and covenants. Father, cause me to express, Lord, the things that you want to say in a perfect way. Father, let the, let the spirit of wisdom and revelation, Lord, be upon the hearers but it can draw even more out of it than I'm capable of, of submitting to them. Cause them to understand, Lord. Cause them to perceive. Give them eyes to see and ears to hear, Father. Cause their senses, Lord, their spiritual senses, Lord, to be heightened. Even right now, Father. I pour the blood of Jesus Christ upon them, Father. And I bind every hindering spirit that's hindering them from listening. Cause them to hear your voice and to hear your words, Father. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Well, we're talking about soul ties and covenants. You know, every person that you get to know, if it's a good friendship, you know, that can be a soul, that's a soul tie. And you have good soul ties and you have evil soul ties. Um, one place, the word of God says that when, when, um, in the book of Genesis, they sold Israel, not Israel, but um, man, what's the name of the boy? <laughs> Benjamin was his little brother, but they sold him into slavery. Joseph, thank you, Holy Ghost. They sold Joseph into slavery. And when Joseph was the king of Egypt, the well, the number two in charge of uh, right hand of Pharaoh, which is a representative of God and Jesus. You know, nothing can be done without Joseph, just like nothing can be done without Jesus. That's a whole nother topic. But 
when when um Joseph sent the brothers back to get the get um Benjamin, Israel didn't want to let Benjamin go. Israel and Jacob is the same person. And um one of the sons said, if something happened to him, my daddy gonna die because his life is tied into the life of the child. And I done seen many a times, whereas you've seen a couple married for 50 and 60 years, one of them would die, and then a week or two later, uh, three or four months later, the other one would die because their life is tied into the other person. Those are soul ties. Whenever somebody get married, or when, whenever you get intimate with somebody, you create a, a soul tie. Fornication is creating soul ties, but marriage is creating a covenant and a soul tie. That's why I said this week I'm talking about soul ties and covenant, because marriage is a covenant and a soul tie. And you, you say certain things out of your mouth, and you agree to certain things out of your mouth, and it is a blessing See, the Bible say when a man findeth a wife, he findeth what? A good thing and obtain favor of the Lord. Everybody who's married, you should say, Lord, you told me that I have found a wife and I have a good thing. So start calling your wife your good thing. And you should also confess that I have favor. See, you didn't write that. God inspired a man to write that. So when God says something, when you release it, it's just like God said it. Oh, you some, let me say that again. When God have a man write something in his word, see the word of God was written by holy men as they were influenced or inspired by the Holy Ghost. And the spirit of God prompted Solomon to write. And I think it was Solomon. Proverbs, I think was written by different people, but I think it was Solomon. It's, he said when a man finded a wife, he found it a good thing and obtain favor of the Lord. So the spirit of favor should be upon you, but it's not automatic. You have to quote what God said to make it manifest. Do you know that scripture is true, but you know the opposite can be happening? You can have a wife and the Satan can be making it a bad thing. You know, you know, you can have a wife and Satan can be uh, taking away your favor. It's not God that's taking it away. It's not God that is influencing a person when they're doing wrong. It's Satan. So you simply take the word of the Lord and you fight a good warfare. You know, one place God told Timothy to take the words that were spoken over you and fight a good warfare. So you have the war after the prophecies of God. The, the written word is a more sure word of prophecy. So the, God prophesied that when you found a wife, you found a good thing and obtained favor of the Lord. God prophesied that you have favor and you have a good thing. Well, Satan can try to get involved and say it's a bad thing and take away your favor. Now, who is right, God or Satan? Well, you say, well, I know the Bible say that and I don't have that. It's because you hadn't warred for that prophecy. You hadn't took the word of God and put it in your mouth and counteract what Satan is trying to do. Now, I wasn't even trying to say all that. I was trying to go another place. But a soul tie is an agreement between two parties, two tribes. You see what I'm saying? A covenant is an agreement. Soul tie is, 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 is a, is a spiritual connection, whether good or evil between people. So that's why I titled it soul ties and covenants. So to make a long story short, when, when you have a covenant, you have what you call an old covenant and the new covenant, or we could say old agreement 
and a new agreement, or the Old Testament and a New Testament. The Old Testament is an old will and testament. The New Testament is a new will and testament. The Old Testament tells you what you have. If you agree to do certain things, God agree to do certain things. And you can find that in Deuteronomy the 27 and Deuteronomy the 28. Well, in the New Testament, it's still a covenant, but it's a new covenant. You're not subject to remember the Sabbath day, keep it holy in the Ten Commandments. Those are Old Testament uh, um, covenant rules. The New Testament covenant is love. Now, before somebody get confused, don't come to me and say, well, Brother King, what you saying? You can kill now? No, I still say thou should not kill. But see, under the new covenant, if you love your neighbor as yourself, you're not going to kill him. See? So, so the old stuff is still be applicable, except you don't have to remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. You don't have to remember the new moons. You don't have to uh, refrain from eating pork and shellfish and uh, fishes that don't have scales and fins. See, under the old covenant, you had to keep all of that. You couldn't eat uh, uh, oysters and shrimp and pork. And, and and if you ate fish, you couldn't eat catfish. You had to have scales. And fish. You're not under that anymore. You remember one place he told Peter, he said, slay and eat. And Peter said, Lord, I have not eaten anything un uh, common or unclean. And God told him, no, nah, I said eat it. And Peter wouldn't do it. And God gave him the revelation. Don't call what I have sanctified common or unclean. And then he sent them to the people who eat the very things that he don't eat. Why? Because the old covenant was passed away. You cannot put new wine in the old bottles. See that old, we're not under the old covenant anymore. Nothing to be refused if you receive it with Thanksgiving. So a man can eat what he want to. I don't suggest that you do that, <laughs> but you can because you're not, see, Paul, one place, Paul said one might think he only eat herbs. One might think he eat all things. Don't let him that only eat the herb despise him to eat all the other things. Now, in John 13 and at 34, it says, A new commandment I give unto you, that ye love one another as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. This is the new commandment. By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples, if ye have love one to another. This is the new covenant agreement. That's why Jesus was teaching them, if a man offend thee, 70 times 7 in a day, you have to forgive. Why? Because you're under a new covenant of love. You are now a loved child of a loved God. You're not under the old covenant any longer. You're not under the old agreement. And under the new agreement, God said he'll be merciful to your transgressions and your sins and iniquities. He will not remember them anymore. But your agreement is when you are converted. Conversion is believing the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You agree to walk in love. You agree to forgive people. That's your agreement. That's your agreement. Now, <clears throat> one step out of that agreement can deliver you to the tormentors. So you have to know this because if you don't know this, you'll continue to walk as the old man going to court, suing people, filing complaints on people <clears throat> under the new covenant. We don't do those things no more. We walk in love and forgiveness. 
I have a lot to say, brothers and sisters, but I'm out of time. Be blessed. Hello, brothers and sisters. I'm glad to be with you on this Wednesday. We're talking about soul ties and covenants. Father, Lord, I love you, Lord, and I bless your holy name. And Lord, I ask, Lord, that you give me the spirit of revelation, that you cause, Lord Jesus, hot press, Lord Jesus, hot words, Lord, to come to me from the throne, from right there with you in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Cause me to release your words, Lord, to my brothers and sisters, Lord, to edify them and to build them up in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, in um, Hebrews 8, chapter and at verse 10, it says, For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, said the Lord. Now, at, the, at this time, they were in an old covenant. And it talks about them in the ninth uh, verse. It says, not according to the covenant. The word covenant means agreement that I made with their fathers in the day when I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt because they continued not in my covenant and I regarded them not, said the Lord. Now the children of Israel, you know, the covenants and promises and all that was to the Jews first. And the agreement was if they didn't serve idol gods, see what they was doing was they was bowing down to Molech and different idols. You remember they made a golden calf and said, this is who brought us out of Egypt. You know, they said, we don't know what this man Moses is. And they made a, a golden calf and start worshiping the calf. You know, worship is a posture of the body. So that means they was bowing down on their knees to the calf and they was laying prostrate before the calf, it, uh, the golden calf. It's a difference between praise and worship. You shouldn't go and bow down to a statue. You know, uh, God had told them in the old covenant, don't make any graven image of anything in the heaven above or the earth beneath. So when somebody, let's suppose they got a statue of Hank Aaron. I love Hank Aaron. But if they got a statue of him, I'm not going to go and bow down to it. How I many understand that? Uh, I love Mary, the mother of Jesus, but I'm not going to go and bow down to a statue and give money to a statue. That's an idol. And what will happen is when you bow down to the idol, you're not really bowing down to that idol. It's dumb. It can't talk, but it's a demon associated with that. And it's a demon in that idol sometime and associated with that, that bow down to that idol. And you establish a covenant or soul tie with demonic powers. And whenever you bow down to idols, whether it be any graven image, a graven image of Peter or Paul or Mary or St. Christopher or whatever it is and what you wear around your neck or charms or this and that, you're not really reverencing God by making a man or a woman higher than Jesus Christ. There's no mediator between God and man but the man Christ Jesus. So you can't, that's what the children of Israel did. You know, uh, one place in the book of Acts, they call Paul, Jupiter, one of them, uh, and called Paul Mars and the other one Jupiter. They, they named them after the con stars and the congelations. And as the Bible say, Paul, they ripped their clothes and they preached the gospel. And these people start burning up all those books. Some of you are in astrology. You go to palm readers. You, you're doing this thing with the shockers and all this stuff with, uh, with witchcraft. That's witchcraft. 
with these stones and stuff. I done ran across people that's practicing new ages. So it's on the increase now. And I done talked to these uh, witches and stuff and tried to convert them. But people are doing this, these things unknowingly. It's, it's old practices. Just just like in Sodom and Gomorrah, that's an old practice. There's a lot of old practices going on now that people think are new. So no, you can't go to palm readers. You can't read the horoscope. Um, the Bible talks about in, the I think, the 18th chapter of Deuteronomy that you don't supposed to go to a wizard or a witch. Those are people that read your palms or tell your fortune. They might be nice people. You might think they're nice. Hey, how you doing? But they're actually witches and, and wizards. A wizard is a, a male witch. So when you go to these people, you create a soul tie with them, and you set your life to receive the curses that God pronounced in the book of Deuteronomy, the 27 and the 28. <clears throat> but when you walk in love, you create the blessings of Deuteronomy, the 28. Now, let me co continue reading Hebrews 8. It says, verse 10, for this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, said the Lord. I will put my laws into their mind and write them in their hearts. And I will be to them a God and they shall be to me a people. What is the law that's written in your heart? It's the law of love. Jesus said, by this shall all men know that you are my disciples when you have love. When people observe that love, when they see how you love one another, they're going to say, man, how you forgive and how things don't bother you that people do to you. You know, in verse 11, it said, and they shall not teach every man his neighbor and every man his brother saying, know the Lord for all shall know me from the least to the greatest. When you begin to walk out of love uh, or step out of love, you're going to feel that conviction. See, that's the law of God written on the table of your heart. You know, you just got to yield to it. Some people get stubborn and say, I'm not going to apologize no matter what. I'm not going to let them know that I was wrong. Well, that's stubbornness and rebellion. Rebellion is as to seeing a witchcraft. Whenever you see people walking in rebellion, more than likely, they are knowingly or unknowingly practicing witchcraft or, or have juju working against them. Verse 12 says, for I will be merciful to their unrighteousness. And their sins and iniquities will I remember no more. Now, all this is true, right? But one place Jesus said, if you don't forgive, you won't be forgiven. You'll be delivered to the tormentors. And he told a parable about that in Matthew, the 18th chapter. I don't have time to read it right now. If you want to read it, you can go read it. But he gave a parable about the man who was forgiven but then he wouldn't forgive. So he could have he could have been walking uh according to the eight uh the twelfth verse of uh Hebrews eight, when it says, I will be merciful to their unrighteousness and their sins and iniquities will I remember no more. He had received that. <clears throat> but he received to give it to others. What you're gonna give to your brothers and sisters, you're gonna give what you receive. You have received forgiveness. You got to get out of jail free card. You know what you're going to do? You're going to turn around and you're going to give that same treatment to others. You're going to treat others the way God treated you. You're going to forgive others how God has forgiven you. You're going to love others as Christ has loved you. As you would like men to do to you, do also to others. This is the new covenant. See, 
Verse 13, and that he said a new covenant. He have made the first old. Now that which decayed and waxed old is ready to vanish away. So now, brothers and sisters, we have a new covenant. We have a new agreement. We have a new way of doing things. We're not under that old covenant no more. See, we're under a new covenant. In, in 1 John, the second chapter at verse 1, it says, My little children, these things write I unto you that you sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. Now, if you do commit sin, suppose, you are, suppose you're walking in hatred. Suppose you aren't walking in love. Do you know you still have an advocate with the Father? You say, Lord Jesus, forgive me. I just heard this brother teaching on this, and I realized that I'm not walking in love. I realized that I'm mad. I've been mad for 30 years at my mama, at my dad, at my sister, my brother, at my classmate. I realized that I'm not walking in love. Lord Jesus, I need your blood. Forgive me and cleanse me. And I choose to forgive these people now, and I choose to walk in love. I am a love child of a love God. You have to say these things, I'm saying. See, and he is the perpetuation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. And hereby we do know that we know him if we keep his commandments. See, and he that said, I know him and keeping not his commandments is a liar and the truth is not in him. But whoso keeping his word in him verily is the love of God perfected. Hereby know we that we are in him. And if you keep reading in first John, it's going to talk about perfect love, cast out fear. Do you know love it dominates fear. It drives all the fear out of you because you're not scared to die anymore. You're not worried about anything no more because you know you have eternal life. Brothers and sisters, I have a lot to say, but I'm out of time. Be blessed. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Have a great day. Hello, brothers and sisters. <clears throat> we're talking about, on this Thursday morning, we're talking about covenants and soul ties, our soul ties and covenants. I want you to pray this prayer. Say, in the name of Jesus Christ, I renounce, break, and loose myself from every evil covenant that I have agreed to in demonic oaths, in demonic oaths by my ancestors, in the name of the Lord Jesus. Say, I break and I loose myself from every evil covenant that I agree with with my eyes. Say, I break and I loose myself of every evil covenant that I've spoken with my mouth, with demonic things, with demonic people, with demonic spirits, in the name of the Lord Jesus. Say, I break and I loose myself from every evil soul tie and every evil covenant. You know, uh, every time you had intercourse with somebody, you developed a soul tie. Every time you got married, if you married multiple times, you you made covenants right there. So what you have to do is you have to repent. If you um you joined a gang, fraternity, sorority, any of those things, you have to break that covenant because those covenants are demonic. And I don't know which uh, particular spirit a punishment you'll open yourself up to, but every evil covenant 
Every evil agreement that you make with demons or demonic powers is a consequence. Like for instance, when the children of Israel made an agreement to worship that golden calf, their consequence was death. See, see, that was the judgment for that. So a consequence might not be death. It might be something else, sickness of a long continuance or poverty or whatever. But every time you make an agreement with something that God say don't do, and, and see, God said your oaths should only be to the Lord. So if you made an oath, a blood oath to anything other than God, any organization other than the Lord Jesus Christ, it is called an evil covenant or an evil agreement. If you have fornicated and God say don't fornicate, fornication is sex outside of marriage. You have made soul ties with men and women that are not your husband and wife. Uh, you understand if you have gotten married before and you got a divorce, you broke a covenant. And every covenant, God honors covenant, whether, whether it be good or evil. See, I mean, how many don't, how many understand that? If you if you make an evil covenant, God won't violate your covenant with the evil thing unless you renounce it. You have to renounce it and go back to God. But the effect of that covenant or that agreement will have a, a detriment or a blessing to your life. So if you go practice witchcraft, you go meet with a wizard, warlock, witch. Or if you're practicing witchcraft, see, the word of God teaches that I suffer not a witch to live. So if a witch is practicing witchcraft and she tries to practice that stuff, especially against a saint, and the saint began to quote the word, say, in the name of Jesus Christ, I suffer not a witch to live as it is written. Do you know that witch has opened herself up to die prematurely? So, see, when you violate the word of God, you open yourself up to a demonic thing. And when you obey the word of God, you're opening yourself up to a righteous thing. Like, for instance, the word of God teaches that you give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, men shall give into your bosom. So if you if you operate in that agreement, it's an agreement of that. Lord, I agree with your word and I partner with that agreement. Well, the thing that God said he's going to do, he's going to do. But these things happen as you begin to quote it. You begin to manifest his word out of your lips. You activate that covenant. See, good covenants and evil covenants are activated by your words and by your actions. I mean, I understand that. So when a person took a blood oath with something God said they should, you shouldn't do, God said, don't make oaths. And you did that. Or if you made a covenant with marriage, you, 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 uh, you practice fornication, you have established a evil soul tie or a good soul tie. Now, a, good, uh, a marriage is a good soul tie unless you break it. When a man finds a wife, he finds a good thing and obtain favor of the Lord. But when you get a divorce, you break in a covenant and it's a punishment behind it. Now, this is how you get, get from under the punishment. If you practice witchcraft, you played with a Ouija board, you went to a, a witch or wizard to have your palm read, or you dipping and dabbing in, in those stones with that shocker stuff. And all that kind of stuff. If you practicing witchcraft, you need to repent. If you got a divorce, you need to repent. I'm not saying you can't remarry and all that. I'm saying you need to repent. So you need to say, Lord, I broke a covenant. Lord, I established an evil soul tie. Lord, I've done things you said I shouldn't do. Lord, I repent in the name of Jesus. 
And Lord Jesus, you said in your word, Lord, that if I do repent, I have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, I confess you as my Lord. I confess you as my Savior. And I say in the name of Jesus Christ that I'm no more under that evil covenant. I break every evil covenant. I break every evil altar in the name of Jesus Christ. I renounce the evil covenants. I renounce the evil altars that I have built. I break that power in the name of Jesus. The blood of Jesus speaks for me. The blood of Jesus is, is, is living for me. See, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God, see, this is a gift to you, is eternal life. But you have to admit that you're wrong. Now, a lot of people are guilty of the things I'm talking about, but you say, well, I ain't renouncing my sorority. I ain't renouncing my fraternity. I ain't renouncing this and that. Well, stay under the curse. See, if you don't want to renounce doing a thing, I ain't renouncing fornication. I love fun. I ain't renouncing my divorce. They was, well, they might've been to you, but you made a covenant. Well, I enjoyed fornication, man. I slept with so many women. Well, that was evil. You, you see what happened to some people when they did that? They opened themselves up to certain things. What I'm saying is you have to begin to hate what God hate. You have to begin to renounce what God said you're supposed to renounce. See, the reason some people don't want to repent, because the demons attached to that, you love that more than the word of God. And that is what's hindering you from repenting. And see, God is not going to uh, violate your covenant with that evil thing because he's a covenant keeping God. You know, when uh, the children of Israel uh, made an agreement at one place, they feigned themselves to be from a far country. It's in Genesis. See, God had told them to destroy them people. Joshua is in the book of Joshua. Thank you, Holy Ghost. God told them to destroy all those people. Well, the people act like they were from a far land. They brought old bread and they made a covenant with Joshua. Well, after Joshua made a covenant with them, even though God had told them to kill them, God don't break covenant. After Joshua made a covenant with them people, he could not kill them because they had made a covenant with those people. How I many understand that? God is a covenant keeping God, whether it's a good covenant or evil covenant. So Joshua put them under tribute, made them slaves or whatever, but he could not kill them because he had made a covenant with the people God told them to destroy. So you can make an evil covenant and God won't violate your covenant. You can make good covenants, which you should do, and God keeps his covenant. God is a covenant keeping God. Now, let me just read some scriptures because some people say, well, he ain't reading the scriptures. And I felt led to read this. This might not even go with what I'm preaching. But at 1 Timothy, the fourth chapter in that verse one, it says, now the spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times, some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils, speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron, forbidding to marry, and commanding to abstain from meats. These are demonic covenants people are going to get into. Forbidding to marry. It's a certain religion that forbid their priests to marry. It's certain people now telling you don't eat meat. These are demonic covenants. See, forbidden to marry and commanded to abstain from meats, which God have created to be received with thanksgiving of them, which believe and know the truth. For every creature of God is good and nothing to be refused, if it be received with thanksgiving, for it is sanctified by the word of God in prayer. Now, brothers and sisters, don't go off with all these different doctrines and all these different things people got going on, forbidden to marry and abstaining from meats, and all these different spirits, seducing spirits and doctrines of devils, 
telling you that Jesus wasn't born of a virgin. There's a lot of stuff out there. I can't cover it all. Brothers and sisters, I got a lot to say, but I'm out of time. Be blessed. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Have a great day. Hello, brothers and sisters. Welcome on this Friday. We're talking about soul ties and covenants. Hallelujah. Well, say this. Say, I break every evil soul tie that I have established with demonic friendships and with fornication and evil form of marriages. I break those soul ties and those covenants in the name of the Lord Jesus. And I say this, say, I repent for establishing evil covenants and evil soul ties in the name of the Lord Jesus. Now say this, say, Lord, I ask for the blood of Jesus Christ to cover my sins and to cleanse me from all unrighteousness. Now, I want you to say this. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Now, you need to rewind that and you need to say all those things. And, it, and it's like a cleansing to your spirit. Because, see, God is trying to help you all. He's trying to break off all these problems some of you are having. But you must be a doer of the word. So stop now. Go back to the beginning and say those prayers. Say them two or three times till you feel a release. Now, let me get right on into the word. I got a lot to cover. 1 Corinthians, the 5th chapter, and at the 11th verse, it says, But now I have written unto you not to keep company, if any man that is called a brother be a fornicator. So you got some people, they're they a brother. They're brother. They's in the Christian faith, but they're fornicators. I know people like that. Are covetous. Some people are in the Christian faith, but they're covetous. Are an idolater. Worshiping idols are a railer, are a drunkard, are an extortioner, which such and one know not to eat. Other words, you, you, don't, you don't do nothing to them, but you don't have fellowship with them kind of people. You know, God say that, um, you know, you can be in ministries where the, where the pastor married and got and sleeping with the women in the congregation. You need to get out of that church. Why? Because if you hanging around the wrong people, see, you're going to step in some dog stuff. I mean, understand that. See, that's why your parents didn't want you to hang out with the wrong crowd. God don't want you to hang out with the wrong crowd. So don't hang out with them people. Verse 12, it said, For what have I to do to judge them also that are without? Do not ye judge them that are within? These are people in the house of God. He's talking about they're doing these things. He said, don't eat with them. Let's go to the next chapter. Let's go to uh, 1 Corinthians or the book of Corrections. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Hallelujah. We'll start at verse 1. Dare any of you having a matter against another, go to the law before the unjust and not before the saints. See, that ain't walking in love. You suing your brother. You suing your sister. Y'all going to the to the law. Y'all in court. You know, I had a guy who, who was a deacon in the church, did some stuff. And a uh, family member was like, you ought to take him to court. You know, and I said, nah. I love that brother. Me and him friends now. He might hear this. You know, it's, 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 you know, I'm not trying to hide it. He might not know what I'm talking about him, but we friends. I love him not. I know some of you might not believe that, but he did some stuff to me. It wasn't right. But I said, you know what? I love him. And I, I asked the Lord. I said, Lord, show me what you like about him. And God did. And God loved the fella. He missed it. Yeah, he missed it. But guess what? I missed it also. So if I missed it dealing with you, brothers and sisters, forgive me. But this guy missed it. I forgave him. I hope if I miss it, he'll forgive me. So what I'm saying is, we're not going. I'm not going to take him to court. If he beat me out of money, he just beat me out of some money. Oh well, 
It is what it is. I'm going to keep on sowing. Matter of fact, I hadn't lacked. I hadn't went starved or whatever. So look, do you know, verse, verse 2, 1 Corinthians 6 and 2, do ye not know that the saints shall judge the world? And if the world shall be judged by you, are ye unworthy to judge the fall, smallest of matters? We're talking about soul ties and evil covenants. Know ye not that we shall judge angels? How much more things that, that pertain to this life? All right, now let's skip on down. Well, because it's talking about brothers going against the law with brothers with unbelievers. And you can read it. But let's go, um, let's keep going. There's a lot of good stuff in there, man. It really is. I hate to skip it, but I only have a 10-minute message. But at verse 9, it says, Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Why? Because you have made soul ties and evil covenants. See, you have to break those soul ties and evil covenants. You remember when David uh, let an evil covenant enter into his eye gate and he slept with a man's wife? And the penalty for doing that uh, adultery is to be stoned to death, the man and the woman. And God said he wasn't going to kill David. He had the sheer mercies of God. But you, do you know that opened up a punishment? See, God is a God of covenant. You know a punishment came upon David? Absalom took over his kingdom. And Absalom lay with his women, his own daddy. Perversion came into the house. Brother sleeping with sister. David opened that gate. See, when you make an evil covenant, see, that's why you people, you got to get out of adultery. You got to stop committing adultery. You got to stop committing fornication. You got to stop the, getting married. See, you got to get out of evil covenants. See, it's a punishment behind it. See, when you, when you cheat on your wife, you open a... a, 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 a you open an evil gate. Women, when you cheat on your hug, you open up an evil gate. What I'm saying is you can close that gate. You can repent. I'm not saying you got to beat yourself across the head. I don't want nobody to beat themselves across the head. What I'm saying is there's a consequence if you don't repent. But you can't repent. Verse 9, know you not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate. Effeminate is a person that's a man acting like a woman, homosexuality, nor abuse of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards. You can't be getting drunk, nor revelers. You can't be reveling. 100,000 revelers at the monogram. Nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. Now listen to verse 11. As such were some of you. See, you were like that. He would say, well, Derek, some of them still doing it. They still, no, they ain't. They just need to know that they're not like that. Boy, I hope y'all catch that revelation. If you're saved and you're doing these things, you're not like that. I come to tell you that that ain't you. You're still born again. What I'm telling you is you need to repent and stop doing it. Don't beat yourself up. Don't be condemned. There is no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus. But what I'm telling you is you need to walk in the spirit. Remember this. I write this. These things are written that you sin not. But if any do sin, he has an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. That's in 1 John, the second chapter. You got to remember that part so you won't beat yourself upside the head. See, if you did or you are, if you are doing these things, you're still saved. Why? Because you have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. Say this. Say, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Now I still got to tell you what you can't do. Verse 11, and such as were some of you, but ye are washed. 
but you are sanctified, but you are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of God. Now say this, say, I am washed, I am sanctified, I am justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of my God. Say it again. Say, I am sanctified, I am washed, I am justified in the name of my Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of God. So, you got to be able to read the word, let the word correct you, repent, and not beat yourself up. See, because if you beat yourself up, you can't operate in the, in the unknown that God wants you to operate in. Hallelujah. Verse 13, it says, meats for the belly and belly for the meats, but God shall destroy both it and them. Now the body is not for fornication, but for the Lord and the Lord for the body. And God have raised up the Lord and will also raise us up by his own power. Know ye not that your bodies are the members of Christ. Shall I then take the members of Christ and make them the members of a harlot? God forbid. It's talking about soul ties. Verse 16. Watch this. What? Know ye not that he which is joined to a harlot is one body? See, when you fornicate, you become one body. It says, for two shall he, said he, shall be one flesh. This is what I meant by soul ties. The two become one flesh. But he that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit. Now, if you join unto the Lord, you're one spirit. Now you got to begin to renounce things, to uproot things, to repent. You're still one spirit with the Lord because you confess Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. But you can also be one spirit, one, one body with a harlot. That's why you have to renounce evil soul ties and renounce evil covenants. See? Flee fornication. Every sin that a man doeth is without the body, but he that committed fornication sin it against your own body. What? Know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have a God, you are not your own, for you are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and your spirit with your God. So have a soul tie with God and a covenant with God and renounce the evil ones. Be blessed.